we're going to have our readings now. Our first reading is taken from the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 35. And it can be found in the Bibles on the pew on page 1103. That's page 1103. As Peter travelled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralysed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading is on page 1007, and it's from Mark chapter 5, and I'm reading from verse 24. Page 1007. A large crowd followed Jesus and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, oh, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, oh, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who'd done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Once again, this is the word of the Lord. God. It's a sermon now. I'm, I'm staying put. Uh, let's pray. Oh, Father God, just open our hearts and our minds to capture afresh the amazing fact that you never abandon us and that you are indeed Lord of all, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Amen. Well, this morning we are in the 
third of our series of God being powerfully at work in real situations, at work in the minds and the bodies and the circumstances of men and women. We focused so far, uh, two, three weeks ago, on his power over nature. I was preaching then, do you know, and I could preach the very same sermon all over again because we're looking at our God of power in, in the situation over nature and our God of power today over illness. We also looked at his power over demons. Yes, but today his power over illness. And we're going to look at that account about this woman who'd been suffering from what was a seemingly incurable disease for 12 whole years. Mark tells us that Jesus had crossed over to the the far side of Lake Galilee and that a large crowd had gathered around him. And while there, uh, this man named Jairus just pleaded with Jesus to accompany him to his home where his daughter was dying. And he wanted Jesus to lay hands on her to heal her and to, so that she would live. They set out and that large crowd followed him. All of them eager, no doubt, to see what Jesus was going to do. On their way with people pressing all around him, there was this weak, timid, very, very sick woman. We're told that she was suffering from an issue of blood. She'd been bleeding. She'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She tried all all the remedies of all the doctors of her day. She'd spent a fortune, and instead of getting better, she'd grown worse. She was not only suffering physically, by the way, I'm sure you appreciate that, she was suffering socially, she was suffering emotionally, she couldn't work. No way could she go to work, because she couldn't stand or be with other people, because in her condition there was this danger of defilement. And she was considered unclean, untouchable, and unable to touch others. And she couldn't mingle with other people. She was isolated socially and she was a lonely, desperate individual. Well, after all the years, all the doctors and all the times that she just hoped that this or that remedy would be the one that would work for her, and now with no money left, I think she was totally broke from what we can well, see here. She'd reached the end of the road with her life just draining out of her body day by day. I, I, I suspect, I, I think as we read that account, she must have been at the point of giving up somehow. Well, from somewhere, somehow, I don't know, from some source, this poor woman had heard about Jesus. She'd heard about his healing power, his power over illness. She knew that she just had to get to him. And she believed with all her heart that, oh, 
if she could even just touch him, get to him, she would be healed. You know, it's worth just for a moment just to consider that determination and indeed that courage that she demonstrated drawing close to Jesus in that crowd as she sort of elbowed her way through the, the people. She was causing ceremonial defilement for everyone that she touched. She was taking an enormous risk. She could easily have been humiliated by the public, a public that could have been so incensed that they might have stoned her to death. But Jesus was her only hope. She had the faith. We don't know how big or how small that faith was, but she had faith that if she could, oh, just touch the edge of his clothes, she'd be healed. And when eventually she was near enough to Jesus, she reached out that sort of trembling hand and touched his garment. And immediately, in that very instant, she was healed. And she felt the change in her body and she knew that she was freed from all her suffering. And Jesus knew that someone had touched him, had touched his clothes, realizing that Power had gone out from him. This word power, once again, which we get this word dynamite, very powerful, in, you know, massive power had gone out from him. There were dozens of people touching him that day and bumping into him. But the woman's touch was different to that of the others. Hers had been a touch accompanied by faith. And God omnipotent had responded and given her what none of the doctors or their costly and painful remedies had been able to give her. Ah, then comes that moment when Jesus speaks to the woman and she just falls at his feet. And trembling with fear, she tells him the whole truth. She tells him the full story, all that has happened. She just opens up her heart and her whole life to him. And then he addresses her. Did you notice his opening word to her? Daughter, he said. Daughter. You see, they're now in a new relationship. Daughter. And he sends her on her way. Go in peace, he says. Your faith has healed you. Yes. She's been healed. She's been healed physically. She's been healed socially, emotionally, and spiritually. Her faith and God's mighty power and now this resultant healing. Oh, yes, this mighty power of God, the power of our God, who we worship here this morning. Of our God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Our God who 2,000 years ago powerfully healed that sick woman at the edge of Lake Galilee hasn't changed. He still can heal. And he does heal. Oh. 
You know, I've known for some time, for the last few weeks, that Ian had put me down to preach today on this area of God's power over illness. That we would hear again of this instant healing of the hemorrhaging woman and the paralytic man, Aeneas in Acts, who's instantly healed. I've thought about this at length. And I prayed that I would know, that we all of us would know, what our loving, caring dad, our Abba, just wants us to appreciate at this particular time. Oh, when we've been praying for healing for Jill. Oh, yes, there's some progress, but it's not instant healing, is it? We've been praying for Margaret. Think of the, the many who've been praying for Margaret in faith. Reaching out to Jesus. Yes. Standing in that gap and touching the edge of his garment for her. And now, where are we? Sort of grieving in our loss. Yes, though she leaves us. We know she's gone on to live with Jesus eternally. But you know, throughout all of this, and certainly as I've been praying about today, there's come to me repeatedly that account in Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who were commanded to fall down and worship other gods or be thrown into the blazing fiery furnace. What did they say? They said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us and he will rescue us from your hand. But even if he does not, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. Oh, do you know, during the 12 hour of prayer here, I just had that strong sense that our God, whom we trust and believe in, can and is able to heal. But even if he does not, we're not going to abandon him. And look elsewhere, because he has not abandoned us. He is faithful and to his promises, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Yes, we are to keep looking to him, knowing that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. He is in control. And he works in our circumstances to bring about good for his people. And he redeems that of which he's not the architect. You know, in our limitations, we only see our side of the story. And it's only part of the story. God has the big, big picture right before him. The past, the present, and the future. And we have to look to him. Echi homo, last Sunday, Ian reminded us. Yes, I know, we go to him with our requests and our prayers and our petitions. We cast our burdens on him, but we cannot 
and we must not try to manipulate God. In a very real sense, we must allow God to be God and acknowledge that even when what he commands and what we want is in conflict, yet he is Lord of all. What have we sung repeatedly this morning? We proclaim that. Let's live that in the way we behave and the way we behave, the way we respond to every situation. You know, this last week, in my daily Bible reading, we follow the account of the post-Exodus story of the Israelites and their behavior as they waited for Moses to come back down the mountain. They became impatient and they dismissed him. They turned to Aaron to create other idols, to turn to worship other gods. They dismissed God. They forgot all that he'd done for them in the past. And they turned to other gods. Do you know how easy? In what may be our impatience for greater healing for Jill, and our pain at the moment and heartache and disappointment for Margaret, even for those who may have some lingering doubts, Let's not follow those Israelites. Let's continue to trust and believe in the one who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The one whose mercies are renewed every day. Whose compassion never fails. And who has plans for your life and mine. Trust and believe in him. And don't allow Satan to weaken your faith. And in all the midst of all this, yes, cast your burden of sadness and tears, of sorrow and hurt onto Jesus. It's okay to tell him how you feel. You know, in his love for you and me, he's going to graciously ease the pain David reminds us in Psalm 34 that the Lord draws close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, he loves us so much. His love for each one of us just goes on and on and on. And there's nothing that can separate us from that limitless love. Let's rest in that and look to him trusting him for every day that lies ahead. There's no mistake in God's sight in what's happened to Margaret. He's in control. He is Lord of all. Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us never to give up looking to you in faith for that grace, for that healing. And may we live our lives following you and trusting in your love and power. And just set our hearts on fire with more love for you. And send us on our way in the peace and presence of Christ our shepherd, our saviour. Amen.
Amen.